Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. Well, I don't know how it happened so quickly, but we've already crossed the midway point of the year. And so believe it or not, it's all downhill from here. Weather's starting to get a little cooler. Uh, Life's going to start to get a little easier. Hopefully summer's behind us. Uh, Days are starting to get a little shorter. Some of you parents have a new blessing from God as as you're uh, experiencing a fresh blessing because your kids are back in school. I see it on your faces, right? There's just a renewed pep in your step. Some of you are even counting down the days until the release of the first pumpkin spice latte. Any pumpkin spice latte fans? Yeah, some of you. Some of you like pumpkin spice a latte too much. You see what I did there? I put this. If you don't think that's funny, I'll just talk to these people. I don't need you today. I'll just, I'll just stand over here, right? Uh, uh, soon social media feeds will be filled with everything that's pumpkin spice. We're obsessed with it. Matter of fact, if you say pumpkin spice latte three times in a mirror, a, a white woman wearing yoga pants will appear. That's true. If you try it, 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 really, it really does happen. And so uh, I don't know if you saw this, but this is true. It's coming to Walmart. I saw a news report on it. Pumpkin spice spam. That's not a joke. It really is coming. I don't know if there's any spam. I love spam. Pumpkin spice spam. That's a little too far for me, but it, it, it is happening. So kind of before our lives are consumed with the cooler weather of fall, before our lives are consumed with the holiday and drinks that taste like a candle, I thought we'd kind of run us into the shop and we'd kind of have a retune. Uh, we'd, we'd take some time to reset, refocus in hopes of propelling us forward into what God has for us in 2019. And so we're on our final week of our series, You and We, where we've been exploring the relationship between you and we, the church. That there is no we without a you, that you make us a we. The only reason that we are a we is because enough of you said that you wanted to be a part of the we, and so that is why we gather today. But having just you know a, a couple hundred people who gather together uh, in the same room, while that makes us a we, it doesn't necessarily make us a strong and effective we. It takes more than proximity for a we to be a vibrant and a strong we. For we to be the we that we need to be, it will take a participating you. That you make us we, and we are a better we when you are a participating you as part of the we. Anything that you like about this church, anything that stirs you, is because someone decided to make us a better we. And so we've been unpacking that. Week one, we talked about our why or why we exist. What is our purpose? What is our vision? And hopefully, if Reveal is your church, you are joining us in fulfilling that vision, that we are here to help people find God, find others, and find themselves. Find God, lead people into a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. Find others to have community that you will not do life together, but there are people that you could do life together with. And then find yourself that you would become the person that God is creating you and has declared you to be. And so today I want to talk about being people movers in any organization uh, or school or business. To remain healthy and effective, there must be movement from the outer ring into the core or into uh, the, 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 the center. And this holds true for the church of, uh, uh, as well, that every church has layers of 
involvement, starting with the outer ring and moving towards the center of the core. Now, for a church to remain healthy and for a church to remain effective, it must have constant movement towards the center, towards the the, the core. The goal is to transform people from being a shareholder to being a stakeholder. Now, if you look up, up on the screens there, a shareholder has an interest in personal gain or profit. A shareholder is involved in a business because of their own personal gain. Usually it's, it's, it's financial. And uh, when the risk becomes too high or when the commitment comes too, too big, they cut and run. They sell their shares and they depart. A stakeholder has a personal interest in the success of the organization that goes well beyond ROI, return on investment. Right? They are rooted. They have a personal interest in seeing that organization succeed. Now listen, the more stakeholders in a church, the healthier the church will be. The more people who understand its purpose and its mission and have, who have a personal interest in seeing the church succeed, the healthier that church will be. Now in, in natural healthy church movement, there are two major hurdles that prevent or in, in this case can stall healthy movement. The first one, we'll put it up on the screen for you, is this outer ring for the curious. Now, I told you last week that last week was kind of a leadership seminar. Today's kind of a church seminar, and so you are all pastors today, uh, and I'm going to lead this somewhere. Uh, you'll hopefully be able to identify where you're at in these, in these levels, and we're going to discuss what that means and how it all relates to us. But the first outer level is for the curious, and this is Uh, people who are exploring the idea of Christianity. They're exploring the church. They're exploring uh, who Jesus is. They're exploring the Bible. And and, and there's a a benefit to them, right? They they need to be able to find a place where they can be curious and still be comfortable and be safe. This presents a challenge for the local church, though, because this barrier can stall movement. In other words, we have to provide a space where the curious can feel comfortable, and that takes balance. We can't have a church service or a church that is completely geared towards the curious, nor can we have a church service that, that just kind of ignores the curious. There needs to be a balance there. The curious must always have a place in the church, or the church dies. I don't know if you noticed this, but if you looked in the mirror this morning, you were a little older than you were this time last year. There will come a time that we will die off. There has to be curious coming into the church who are exploring the idea of Christianity and they have to feel comfortable in that church in order to continue to be curious to explore the, 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 the claims of Christ. Now, the, the, this is the, that, that first step. It is the curious. Hopefully, hopefully someone moves from the curious into that second ring, which is the cautious. Ideally, someone stays long enough and they move from curious to cautious, meaning they're kind of checking it out. They like what they're hearing. They like what they're seeing, but they're not entirely sure what we're about. After all, we might be a cult. Like they're thinking, well, where are the snake pits and where's the Kool-Aid? That's what they're thinking, right? They're, they're, they're still curious and now they've been around long enough that they're liking it, but they're cautious because they really don't know everything that we're about. They really don't know everything uh, about who we are. And so they're cautious. Now, there's no roots at this point in the church, right? And there doesn't need to be any roots at at that point. They've not committed to anything. But here's the thing about the cautious stage, is that people are easily pushed out of the church in the cautious stage. 
And what keeps the cautious people in the church is the people that they find in the church. What keeps the cautious in the church are the people that they discover in the church. Because they're asking very specific questions. They're asking, is it safe for me to engage here? Is it safe for me to do life here? Will I be judged or will I be looked down upon? What will people say when I say something wrong or do something wrong? They're asking the question, is there anybody here who's like me, maybe struggling, has a past they're not all that proud of? All all of those questions boil down to this. They're asking, do I belong here? That's what every cautious person is asking about the local church. Do I belong here? And this is difficult because the natural slide for any church is toward the we. The natural slide for any church is towards the we that already belong. Most churches slide towards the we that already exist, and what happens is we create a barrier for those who are curious and those who are cautious, and they can't even get into the church because the church has been so wrapped and so formed for the we that already belong that there's no space for the curious. There's no space for the cautious. It's, it's because doors may be open, but attitudes are not. And that presents a problem. It's an attitude that says, if you want to be with we, then you need to be like we. Now, on face value, that would be okay. We would, you know, maybe you're here and saying, well, what's wrong with that? If somebody wants to be part of the church, they need to act like we act. They need to be like we are. And it's, it's this path like this. We'll put it on the screen. It's, it's this path of believe, believe, behave, and then belong. See, there's this there's attitude in many churches that says, if, if you want to belong here, then you must believe exactly like we believe, but don't try to belong until you believe. Or it's the attitude that says, if you want to belong here, then you must behave the way that we behave, but don't think that you can belong before you can behave. I had a conversation with uh, one of Sheila's uncles, who um, churchgoer, and he said just in conversation, well, when someone comes to our church the first week, they get a pass. But after that, we expect them to put on their Sunday best. Like, hmm, hmm, you're, you're missing something quite important here. You've created a barrier in your church for people to hear the message. Now, listen, listen. This idea of believe, behave, belong, on the surface, you would say, well, what's the problem? Part of the problem is it's not the method of Jesus. If you read through the Gospels, he's always allowing people to belong even before they believed and well before they behaved. Right? He's going to sinners and he's saying, hey, we're going to party at your house tonight, dinner party with, with, with you, I'm coming. Right? That's why all the religious people were so upset with him. It was Jesus who went to Zacchaeus and said, hey, Zacchaeus, right? this guy was despised among the community. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm staying at your house tonight. The kids are like, I guess I'm getting the guest room ready, right? It was Jesus who invited even his disciples. Hey, why don't you come and check it out for yourself? You can belong. You can be around me. We can kind of have a relationship. You can be here. We, you can, and, and you can decide for yourself if this is for you. And so listen, it's important here. It's important that those who are curious and those who are cautious can actually belong even before they believe that they can belong even before they behave. Now, hear me what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we're, that we're pulling back from the message of Christ. 
I'm not saying that we pull back on the idea of sin and repentance and the resurrection. Absolutely not. What I am saying is that for many people, the way that they get to Jesus is because they found a community that they can belong in even before they have come to Jesus. And so this church has to be okay with the curious. We have to be okay with the cautious. And there must be a place for them to belong and feel like it's okay to be here even before they understand fully what is taking place. You understand? That's my heart as the pastor of this church. That belong, believe, behave is okay. We're not putting the cart before the horse. It's okay. And it's actually the method method of Jesus. Because for many people, them coming to Christ is a process. And some people never can stay in the church long enough because the church is shooting them out because of a closed attitude that says, well, you really don't belong here until you behave like we behave. And that's just not who, who, who I want us to be. The curious and the cautious need to understand they believe it. This is why we have the third hill that we die on, to leave the masks. Because what I don't want you to do is to put on your Sunday best and come to church and pretend like you have it all together. Because first, it's dangerous to you to be a poser. And second, it's dangerous to the curious and it's dangerous to the cautious who look at you and say, well, there must not be a place for me here because this church has it all together. Well, let's be honest. None of us have it all together. And so that's why I would say, leave the masks at home because it's healthier for you to face into what's really going on. And it's healthier for the curious and it's healthier for the cautious to look around and say, I think I'm okay here. These are people who are going through some of the same stuff that I'm going through, that we're all on this journey together. Listen, this is why I try to be transparent with you from the stage. It's because I want you to understand that we're all in this thing together. We're all making the journey towards Christ. We're all making a journey into life transformation. Some people, you know, they don't like that. They want a pastor that is on a pedestal and, and, and you know, p- p- puts on a mask, and that's just, it's not who I am. It's not who I want our staff to be. It's not what and who I want you to be. So where do we go from, go ahead and put that next slide up. Where do we go from curious, and then they go from cautious, and then they go into being a consumer? And some of you are here right now, and this is healthy. This is normal. This is good for a healthy church movement. Nothing is asked of them. Uh, and we're okay with this, right? There's no roots. Some of you are at the stage right now where you're a consumer. You're taking what the church can give you, and that's good, right? You're starting to uh, uh, um, learn things, and you're starting to experience God's presence in your life. You're starting to feel hopeful about what God has for you in the future. Maybe your kids are enjoying children's ministry. Maybe your donut count on Sunday is in triple digits. I don't know, but that's okay. You're consuming, and I am totally okay with that. Maybe you're trying women's bunko, or you're going to go uh, to a Bible study, or your kids are going to uh, the youth camp, or maybe you've received financial assistance, or you're getting some type of marriage counseling. At any time, the church has to have the curious, has to have the cautious, and has to have the consumers. And I'm totally okay with that. But there's a problem, is that this level is where many people stop and the movement comes to an end. And that for many in the church, they'll move from the curious to the cautious to the consumer. And the consumer would even say, hey, this is my church. You may even invite people to my church. See, when you're curious, you talk in terms of, uh, uh, I'm going to a church. 
But at some point you shift from a church and I'm going to my church. And, and you can be a consumer and, and, it's, and it's my church. But if you remain in the consumer ring for too long, that excitement and, and, and that growth that's occurring in you will eventually begin to stagnate. It happens in any area of life, not just in the church. Eventually, I'm going to, you're going to have a hard time believing this, eventually I will grow boring to you, right? If you remain in the consumer realm too long, eventually you're going to be like, yeah, I heard that, done that before, been there, done that. It's like there, 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 there's, there's nothing new taking place. And the church will become stale. For you to be the you that you need to be, you need to be part of a we. That means you're going to need to take that next step. Now notice the dotted line around that next step because this is the second barrier to church movement. Because most people get to consumer and they never cross into being part of the community. Now, this always isn't a straight line. You know, some, some, sometimes there, you know, there's movement. You may walk around the consumer ring for you know, eight, nine months, and, that, and that's okay. You may walk around it for a year and a half. I mean, if, if, that, if you're coming out of a difficult season of life, and that's okay. But at some point, you have to dip into the community. As much as half of any church, especially in America, will be stuck in that consumer ring and will never make the jump into the community. They'll just kind of hang, hang around there. But the, 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 the problem is, is that a church cannot survive with the majority being consumers. Because it, 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 it causes too few people to do too much work, and eventually they're going to burn out. And for the church to be effective, there has to be movement that is constantly taking place. So let me just give you some thoughts about what Christian community is. There's numerous, but let me just give you, give you four quick ones. The first one is that there's a shared devotion to the cause of Christ. Christian community is understanding that you are a part of something bigger than yourself. That when you look across the, the aisle today, that you understand that you're not in this alone, that you're part of something bigger than yourself, that you, in fact, are the church that Jesus came to establish, that with you, you bring the mercy of God with you, you bring the justice of God with you, you bring the love of God with you, and we do it together better than we can separately. Part of community is understanding that we are better together. The other part of Christian community is that there are shared benefits. There's a symbiotic relationship. I quote this often, but St. Basil says this, that, w- that, when our, that when we live our lives in isolation, we, what we have is unavailable and what we lack is unprocurable. Meaning that when it's only you and you're not part of a we, that other people are poorer because you're not engaging in the we. That what they need, you have and you can't give them because you've remained isolated. But then Basil goes further and says, but the very thing that you need, you can't get because you've remained isolated. The very thing that someone else has for you is unprocurable because you are a you and not a we. Listen, those who find Reveal to be an exceptional church are those who have stepped into the community and have started doing life with other people. That's just the reality. Go to the rings. It's just the reality. People will come to church for a numerous difference of reasons, but every research shows that people stay at church for one reason, and that is relationships, that is community. And so I don't know where you're at and if maybe you're circling around that consumer side and you know, trying to dip into that community side. Some of you, this is your step. You need to step into community. The next part uh, about uh, community uh, for some of you is our regroups that are coming up. You should have received the uh, regroup form 
uh, that was inside of your bulletin. And these are all the groups that are launching in September. Now listen, uh, if you're playing softball, get involved in a softball group. There's adult groups. There are uh, adult groups that uh, have children as well that come to it. There's women's groups. Women are doing a big Bible study on Tuesday night. Lady, there's an opportunity for you. Uh, Daniel is doing a, a guitar group. If you're looking to play guitar, there's an opportunity for you. Uh, we got groups that are going to be meeting in the sanctuary on Wednesday that will feed you dinner for free and will also offer child care for $3 a child. That's pretty cheap. We're trying to remove the barriers from you finding community. And so in September, all of our groups are going to launch, but it's on you. You're going to have to take that movement to that next step to find community. Listen, if you can't do anything else, you're like, you know, my schedule's too busy, come on a Wednesday night, get a free dinner, child care's available, it's 90 minutes, 6.30, we'll have you back on the road at 8 o'clock. There's your opportunity to find some community. Let me give you three more ideas of Christian community. There's shared vulnerability. Again, it's the third hill that we die on to remove the mask. And then number four, there's a shared workload. Because we understand what we're about and whose we are and the importance of our message, we understand that all of us must do our part, and this leads us into that next ring. We move from being a community into being a contributor. Uh, You know, one of the hills that we die on is that we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. And what that means is that, look, if Reveal is your church, at some point, you have to become a contributor here. And I'm telling you that because the stakes are that high. There's a community that needs to hear about Jesus. I'm not telling that just so we have more people in a seat. First service is probably 80% full. There's more room in this service. I'm not telling that just to get more butts in the seat. I'm telling you that because the message has to be moved forward. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be more contributors to the ministry. Consumers ask, what's in it for me? Are my needs being met? Is this a style or preference that I like? I have an appetite. Who's feeding it? But the contributor asks, is what's happening benefiting others? Or whose needs can I meet? Or where does the church need me? Or am I using my gifts to benefit the church? Or how can I support the vision of the church? Contributors are moving the kingdom of God forward. And for some of you today, your step as you look across the faces of your church, your step is to move from the community into being a contributor. Look, there's always needs in children's ministry. And you're thinking, well, I I don't want to be in children's ministry. Well, I understand that. But part of being a contributor is not always about myself. Part of being a contributor is meeting the needs of what the church needs. It doesn't have to be for a lifetime. It may just be for a short period of time. We have children in our, uh, volunteers in our children's ministry who have literally been there for eight years. We don't even let them go home. They spend the night there. (laughs) Right? I mean, we have some really dedicated children's ministry volunteers. But there are always more that are needed. And so maybe that's an opportunity for you. Maybe you're going to step up into another area of ministry, of helping out with the greeter ministry. We've got a new parking lot ministry that's going to be launching here at, uh, at, at, at some point. And what, what does it mean for you to become a contributor? Listen, I'm not just talking about financial contributions because churches are guilty of beating that horse to death. And so I don't, I don't harp on that a whole lot. But financial contribution is certainly part of it. But I'm asking that maybe some of you, that's your next step, is to be part of a contributor, to use uh, your gifts and talents for the kingdom of God. And then that next ring is the committed. 
And these are the people who fully understand the mission and the vision of the church, and they have repeatedly demonstrated their willingness to sacrifice and make the church a better place. These are the people that if the church became portable tomorrow, they would be there at 5.30 in the morning setting up the church for you. They may not be happy about it anymore, but we had a people for eight and a half years that every morning at 6 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, they were out there setting up the church. They were in a truck that was 135 degrees in the summertime, and they did it repeatedly every week, every week, every week. Those are, are, are the committed, those who, who, who have that much buy-in. They're not afraid to get their hands dirty. They don't cut and run when things get difficult. Their idea is, how can I make this better? What is needed of me? And the church always needs people moving from the curious toward the committed. Now, let me just say something towards those of you who are in this committed group. If you're in the committed group, it probably means you've been here a while. What's critical for you in the committed group is you must you must be a self-feeder. If you're in the committed group, you've been around long enough that you've heard the best I've got. You can probably finish my joke even before I say it. You anticipate when that joke is coming. Right? The church that I was at uh, on staff and just as an attender for 21 years, um, that pastor gave notes for all of his sermons. And part of the game was who can fill out the notes before he even says the sermon. And 80% of the time, I could get those notes completely filled out correctly because I've heard so much of what he has to say. It's, I have to say, it's not a knock on him. I was there for 21 years. And so the responsibility to be a feeder was on me. If you're part of the committed group and you've been here for that long, man, as much as I would love to say that I can tell you something inspirational, and I try, but the reality of it is you've heard the best I got. And so you're going to have to feed yourself, and part of feeding yourself is by you feeding others. And some of the best way that you will have your faith stirred is when you are stirring the faith of someone else. If you've ever given your testimony, you ever shared your faith, you ever led someone in a Bible study, you prayed for someone at work, or talked to them through, some, talked them through something difficult, you know that as you're speaking to the man, you're getting juiced up. Like, this is awesome. Right? God's using you and you're getting excited. That is critical in that committed ring that you understand that it just can't be me anymore. Now, on the curious and the cautious and the consumer, they love me. That was a joke. Let me go to the, let me tell you guys. Forget about those guys. Right? Right? But as you've been here longer, here, here's what I hear. Here's what I hear. Is people who've been here a while. Well, I'm just not being fed anymore. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Here, here's an idea. Feed yourself, right? At some point, mama stopped feeding you in the high chair because you learned to feed yourself. It can't be on me, right? Look, I want to feed you. I want to encourage you. I want you to, to get a sense of the Holy Spirit moving, all of that. But, but the responsibility, especially the closer you get to, 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 to that core, really becomes upon you. And so you have to be a self-feeder, and you will feed yourself when you're feeding others. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will be shocked at how that changes what, what's taking place in you. And then the last area is the core. And the core, uh, there's even fewer people here, right? These are those who participate in shaping the mission and shaping the vision uh, of who we are and what we're doing. And they're in on... Uh, you know, a push that we're going to do in February. We're going to do another 
all-church study called 50 Days of Transformation. Well, you'll get a book, and we'll have uh, Sunday sermons, and there'll be groups, and there'll be DVDs, and all of that. We'll be pushing forward together as we talk about spiritual principles, uh, spiritual activities that we can be involved in over 50 days that will create transformation to us. These are the leaders of leaders and leaders of ministries and, and, and those who, who are at the core. Uh, there's a story. I'll leave you with this, and then we'll get ready to close. Uh, there's a, a kind of a, an amusing story of uh, a chicken and a pig in the barn, and it's, it's Sunday morning, and they're all anxious, and the chicken's running around, and, and the pig's running around, and finally the pig asks the chicken, why are you so nervous? Why are you so anxious? And, 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 and the, the chicken says, well, it's Sunday morning, and the farmer's coming for breakfast. And the pig said to the chicken, why are you so nervous? All you have to do is give an egg I have to give my life. Those who are in that core are the ones who realize I've given my life to make this representation of the local church successful. That I have sacrificed and I have bled and I've done what is needed because I believe in the local church that much. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. And so where do you find yourself today? What, what, what ring are you on? Go back to that last ring if you don't mind. What, where are you at? If you're curious, I'm glad you're here. If you're cautious, I'm glad you're here. And I want you to know that you belong here and there's good people here and none of us have it together. If you're a consumer, I'm glad that you're here and I hope that you're sensing God and I hope that, that, that you're getting a better sense of God's purpose for you in the future. But where is it that you need to start to make that drift into that next ring? Maybe it's into the community and finding some, some people to, to begin to encourage and they can encourage you. You need to find a community, a regroup. Maybe it's stepping into being a contributor. What, what, is that, what does that look like for you today? And let me leave you with this. How can I help you achieve that next step? What is it that's holding you back? And how can I help you make that next step? Because for we to be the we that we need to be, it will take a participating you. And for us to continue to be effective, it will take people con continually moving towards the core. Let me read the quote that I started with and personalize it. And I don't say this with any type of arrogance. I say this because we are the church that Jesus established, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are a Jesus-centered community that points people to Jesus. I believe that there is nothing like our local church when it is working right. And our beauty is indescribable. And our power is breathtaking. And our potential is unlimited. And we comfort the grieving and heal the broken in the context of community. And we build bridges to seekers and offer truth to the confused. And we provide resources for those in need and open our arms to the forgotten, to the downtrodden, and to the disillusioned. We break the chains of addiction free the oppressed, and offer belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, we, the local church, reveal has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. The potential of the local church, our church, is almost more than one can grasp. No other organization on earth is like the local church. Nothing even comes close. You want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Jesus says, be a part of the local church, established by Jesus himself, and said the gates of hell will never prevail against the church that he came to establish. And so I'm inviting you to move towards the next step, to take that next step of faith.
We have the band come up. We're going to close in a couple songs of worship. Pray with me. Lord, um, I would pray that this message could rest upon us um, and that we could be honest with ourselves about where we might find ourselves and what it looks like to take that next step. Um, my, my hope, my sincere prayer is that we would uh, become the church that you have created us to be, that we would have the impact that you've called us to have, that we would be a light in the darkness, that you would cast out a net around this community and bring those who have not heard in, that we would have an opportunity to share the life-changing message of the gospel. In order for that to happen, for us to be the we that you've called us to be, it will take more yous being committed to the cause of Christ and to the church. And so I pray that you would encourage us Encourage us that we can be a, part, be a part of something that will outlive us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to close in worship with a few songs, please. Come and make us alive. Make this community alive. Lord, make us alive. Let our love and our service bust forth from these walls. Let it go forth into our community. Let us have a reputation of being a place where people encounter Jesus, where lives are changed, where the hopeless receive hope, where those who are weary can find new life, where those who have been an outcast can find acceptance. Let, let, let that be our story. And I pray that you would birth it in us here now. Come, come and be our God and let the church that you planted be alive and be powerful with potential that is unlimited because we are empowered and led by the Holy Spirit of God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, Reveal. Wave goodbye to your church. I will see you next week. We'll continue with a new series. God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you then.